Hello, world. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. Happy Family Friday, my friends, and today's going to be a little more casual, even more casual than usual, in that I'm going to give you a short update on this end of things. You may have noticed that we've published a day ahead, and that's because I'm about to be hiking in Glacier National Park for a week and then out of town for a couple weeks. Um, I'll be visiting a dying relative in Montana, etc. And I want to thank you in advance for your grace on the fact that I'll be on a cheap microphone and subject to various Wi-Fi situations for what will be about three weeks. Thank you for your prayer and provision. If there is another prayer request, it's that the Lord would simply guide my next step. I have visions for this ministry for how it can even be better if I had the time and provision. Yet, I also recently was approached by a church about a pastoral role. So just pray that not my will, but his be done. Today, is a big deal in our New Testament segment. Acts chapter 2 is the birth of the church. And I hope you caught yesterday's Always Be Ready segment about my friend, but because what he experienced is something that we often forget. In today's reading, we hear about that in mass. And may we all not give up trusting God that it's his mission and continuing to pray for revival. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated them and rested on each one of them. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were Jews staying in Jerusalem, devout people from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, a crowd came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. And they were astounded and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us can hear them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those who live in Mesopotamia, in Judea, in Cappadocia, in Pontus and Asia. Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the magnificent acts of God in our own tongues. They were all astounded and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But some sneered and said, They're drunk on new wine. Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and proclaimed to them, Fellow Jews and all you residents of Jerusalem, let this be known to you and pay attention to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only nine in the morning. On the contrary, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. And it will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all people. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. I will even pour out my spirit on my servants in those days, both men and women, and they will prophesy. I will display wonders in the heavens, in heaven above, and signs on earth below, blood and fire and a cloud of smoke. 
The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to these words. This Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs that God did among you through him, just as you yourselves know. Though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. God raised him up, ending the pains of death because it was not possible for him to be held by death. For David says of him, I saw the Lord ever before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. Moreover, my flesh will rest in hope because you will not abandon me in Hades or allow your Holy One to see decay. You have revealed the paths of life to me. You will fill me with gladness in your presence. Brothers and sisters, I can confidently speak to you about the patriarch David. He is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn an oath to him to seat one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke concerning the resurrection of the Messiah when he said he was not abandoned in Hades and his flesh did not experience decay. God raised this Jesus. We are all witnesses of this. Therefore, since he has been exalted to the right hand of God and has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, he has poured out what you both see and hear. For it was not David who ascended into the heavens, but he himself said, The Lord declared to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know with certainty that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he testified and strongly urged them, saying, Be saved from this corrupt generation. So those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 were added to them. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Acts chapter 2. My friends, I'm just going to riff for a moment, particularly since I spend a lot of time working in a marketplace ministry kind of context. I, I was even in college once. Well, I'm still in college. I'm always going to be in college till the day I die. But I heard a professor 
and this was for a business degree, but it was at a Christian college talking about how they sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need as an argument for communist or socialist kind of collectivism. But there's a critical difference. Interestingly, the whole class rose up and challenged her. But there's an important difference here. Notice who made the choice. This was not government appropriating means of production and or that which has been produced. This is the result of a transformed heart. We see similar stories in the Old Testament over and over, right? Remember how Paul wrote that God loves a cheerful giver, right? What you have purposed in your heart. My friends, compulsion might take your money, but compulsion doesn't change your heart. And every form of government will be bankrupt absent a transformation of morality. And despite the fact that we now have better than a century of, of empirical data that communism and socialism has never raised the level of human flourishing, you and I know that God has a lot to say about human flourishing. So we don't talk about politics here, but we do want to think biblically, right? Go, Lord, what is your heart for the world and how do we, how do we move there? So, my friends, may we all seek the welfare of the tribe, the nation, the place that we've been put, and um, seek to have our own hearts transformed, continually transformed into the image of Christ, and uh, and keep praying for a revival, my friends. I think that's going to be my theme today. <laughs> all right, we're going to turn back to the Old Testament language. I told you I was going to riff a little today, and... Um, that's not what I usually do. Finishing up Deuteronomy, we pick up in chapter 32, verse 48, and finish it on up. Here we go. On that same day, the Lord spoke to Moses, Go up Mount Nebo in the Abarim range in the land of Moab, across from Jericho, and view the land of Canaan I am giving the Israelites as a possession. Then you will die on the mountain that you go up, and you will be gathered to your people, just as your brother Aaron died on Mount Hor and was gathered to his people. For both of you broke faith with me among the Israelites at the waters of Meribath Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin by failing to treat me as holy in their presence. Although from a distance you will view the land that I am giving the Israelites, you will not go there. Chapter 33, this is the blessing that Moses, the man of God, gave the Israelites before his death. He said, the Lord came from Sinai and appeared to them from Seir. He shone on them from Mount Paran and came with 10,000 holy ones with lightning from his hand, right hand for them. Indeed, he loves the people. All your holy ones are in your hand and they assemble at your feet. Each receives your words. Moses gave us instruction, a possession for the assembly of Jacob. So he became king in Jeshurun when the leaders of the people gathered with the tribes of Israel. Let Reuben live and not die, though his people become few. And he said this about Judah. Lord, hear Judah's cry and bring him to his people. He fights for his cause with his own hands, but may you be a help against his foes. He said about Levi. Your Thummim and Urim belong to your faithful one. You tested him at Massah and contended with him at the waters of Meribah. He said about his father and mother, 
I do not regard them. He disregarded his brothers and didn't acknowledge his sons, for they kept your word and maintained your covenant. They will teach your ordinances to Jacob and your instruction to Israel. They will set incense before you and whole burnt offerings on your altar. Lord, bless his possessions and accept the work of his hands. Break the back of his adversaries and enemies so that they cannot rise again. He said about Benjamin, The Lord's beloved rests securely on him. He shields him all day long and rests on his shoulders. He said about Joseph, May his land be blessed by the Lord with the dew of heaven's bounty and the watery depths that lie beneath, with the bountiful harvest from the sun and the abundant yield of the seasons, with the best products of the ancient mountains and the bounty of the eternal hills, with the choice gifts of the land and everything in it, and with the favor of him who appeared in the burning bush. May these rest on the head of Joseph, on the brow of the prince of his brothers, His firstborn bull has splendor and horns like those of a wild ox. He gores all the people with them to the ends of the earth. Such are the ten thousands of Ephraim, and such are the thousands of Manasseh. He said about Zebulun, Rejoice, Zebulun, in your journeys, and Issachar in your tents. They summon the peoples to a mountain. There they offer acceptable sacrifices, for they draw from the wealth of the seas and the hidden treasures of the sand. He said about Gad, The one who enlarges Gad's territory will be blessed. He lies down like a lion and tears off an arm or even a head. He chose the best part for himself because a ruler's portion was assigned there for him. He came with the leaders of the people. He carried out the Lord's justice and his ordinances for Israel. He said about Dan, Dan is a young lion leaping out of Bashan. He said about Naphtali, Naphtali, enjoying approval, full of the Lord's blessing, take possession to the west and the south. He said about Asher, May Asher be the most blessed of the sons. May he be the most favored among his brothers and dip his foot in olive oil. May the bolts of your gate be iron and bronze and your strength last as long as you live. There is none like the God of Jeshurun, who rides the heavens to your aid, the the clouds in his majesty. The God of old is your dwelling place, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He drives out the enemy before you and commands, destroy. So Israel dwells securely. Jacob lives untroubled in the land of grain and new wine. Even his skies drip with dew. How happy are you, Israel, who is like you? a people saved by the Lord. He is the shield that protects you, the sword you can boast in. Your enemies will cringe before you and you will tread on their backs. Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, which faces Jericho, and the Lord showed him all the land, Gilead as far as Dan, all of Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev, the plain in the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms as far as Zoar. And then the Lord said to him, This is the land I promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your own eyes, but you will not cross into it. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the Lord's word. He buried him. 
Imagine that, my friends. Imagine God taking care of your funeral. He buried him in the valley of the land of Moab facing Bet Peor, and no one to this day knows where his grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not weak and his vitality had not left him. The Israelites wept for Moses in the plains of Moab for 30 days, and then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses came to an end. Joshua son of Nun was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. No prophet has risen again in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. He was unparalleled for all the signs and wonders the Lord sent to him to do, sent him to do against the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh, to all his officials and to all his land. And for all the mighty acts of power and terrifying deeds that, the Mo- that Moses performed in the sight of Israel. And that, my friends, ends Deuteronomy and the Pentateuch. And happy Friday. Today I'm going to close up with our wisdom segment out of the book of Proverbs. Chapter 16, picking up in verse 24. And my friends, I want to call that a similarity and a difference. Eschatologically, meaning when we study the end times, I do not believe that the United States is the replacement of Israel. So be really careful with what I'm saying here. God, we've just spent the last few days reading the promise of blessings and cursings for those who don't follow God, right? And Now the church is you and me, right? The temple is our bodies. But I believe there is consequence for the land when we abandon the ways of God. And I'm not sure I ever, I literally had lunch with a friend of mine yesterday and I I looked at him at one point and just said, could you have ever in your whole life imagined that the highest offices in the land And the highest academics from the greatest institutions of higher learning in the land. And on and on. Would ever say things like, A man can give birth to a child. My friends, we need to pray. And Lord, and friends, if you are in not in the United States, and I know many of you are not in the United States, Your own land has its own form of evil. May we pray for revival. We're going to hear some Proverbs here that kind of are in a section about um, life, righteousness, and, and wisdom, and God. And I'm just going to read a few of these. And Lord, I, 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 Lord, I pray that you... We'll just take these to heart in terms of giving us a vision for what your your promise of flourishing is, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, in advance that, that you are a God of justice and that right now we experience the grace of your patience. Proverbs 16, picking up in verse 24. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the taste and health to the body. 
There is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way to death. A worker's appetite works for him because his hunger urges him on. A worthless person digs up evil and his speech is like a scorching fire. A contrary person spreads conflict and a gossip separates close friends. A violent person lures his neighbor, leading him on a path that is not good. The one who narrows his eyes is planning deceptions. The one who compresses his lips brings about evil. Gray hair is a glorious crown. It is found in the ways of righteousness. Patience is better than power, and controlling one's emotions better than capturing a city. A lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. That finishes chapter 16, gets us up through verse 33. And my friends, I love you. And my friends, just like Jerusalem was crowded with Jewish visitors from abroad and and we're about to experience this massive, amazing celebration of a new kind of harvest with covenant renewal. Let us not stop praying for revival. We worship the same God. Amen. Amen.